Case One A Psychical Invasion, Part Four of John Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Draconis. John Silence by Algernon Blackwood. Case One, Part Four A Psychical Invasion. A few days later, the humorist and his wife, with minds greatly relieved, moved into a small furnished house placed at their free disposal in another part of London, and John Silence, intent upon his approaching experiment, made ready to spend a night in the empty house on the top of Putney Hill. Only two rooms were prepared for occupation, the study on the ground floor and the bedroom immediately above it. All other doors were to be locked and no servant was to be left in the house. The motor had orders to call for him at nine o'clock the following morning. And, meanwhile, his secretary had instructions to look up the past history and associations of the place, and learned everything he could concerning the character of former occupants, recent or remote. The animals, by whose sensitiveness he intended to test any unusual conditions in the atmosphere of the building, Dr. Silence selected with care and judgment. He believed— and had already made curious experiments to prove it, that animals were more often and more truly clairvoyant than human beings. Many of them, he felt convinced, possessed powers of perception far superior to that of mere keenness of the senses common to all dwellers in the wilds, where the senses grow specially alert. They had what he termed animal clairvoyance, and from his experiments with horses, dogs, cats, and even birds, he had drawn certain deductions which, however, need not to be referred to in detail here. Cats in particular, he believed, were almost continuously conscious of a larger field of vision, too detailed even for a photographic camera, and quite beyond the reach of normal human organs. He had, further, observed that while dogs were usually terrified in the presence of such phenomena, cats, on the other hand, were soothed and satisfied. They welcomed manifestations as something belonging peculiarly to their own region. He selected his animals, therefore, with wisdom, so that they might afford a differing test, each in its own way, and that one should not merely communicate its own excitement to the other. He took a dog and a cat. The cat he chose, now full-grown, had lived with him since kittenhood, a kittenhood of perplexing sweetness and audacious mischief, wayward it was and fanciful, ever playing its own mysterious games in the corners of the room jumping at invisible nothings, leaping sideways into the air and falling with tiny moccasined feet onto another part of the carpet, yet with an air of dignified earnestness which showed that the performance was necessary to its own well-being and not done merely to impress a stupid human audience. In the middle of elaborate washing it would look up startled as though to stare at the approach of some invisible, cocking its little head sideways and putting out a velvet pad to inspect cautiously. Then it would get absent-minded and stare with equal intentness in another direction, just to confuse the onlookers, and suddenly go on furiously washing its body again, but in quite a new place, except for a white patch on its breast. It was coal-black, and its name was Smoke. Smoke described its temperament as well as its appearance, its movements, its individuality, its posing as a little furry mass of concealed mysteries, its elfin-like elusiveness, all combined to justify its name, and a subtle painter might have pictured it as a wisp of floating smoke, the fire below betraying itself at two points only, 
the glowing eyes all its forces ran to intelligence secret intelligence the wordless incalculable intuition of the cat it was indeed the cat for the business in hand the selection of the dog was not so simple for the doctor owned many but after much deliberation he chose a collie called flame from his yellow coat true it was a trifle old and stiff in the joints and even beginning to grow deaf but on the other hand it was a very particular friend of smoke's and had followed it from kittenhood upwards so that a subtle understanding existed between them it was this that turned the balance in its favour this and its courage moreover though good-tempered it was a terrible fighter and its anger when provoked by a righteous cause was a fury of fire and irresistible it had come to him quite young straight from the shepherd with the air of the hills yet in its nostrils and was then little more than skin and bones and teeth for a collie it was sturdily built its nose blunter than most its yellow hair stiff rather than silky and it had full eyes unlike the slit eyes of its breed only its master could touch it for it ignored strangers and despised their pattings when any dared to pat it there was something patriarchal about the old beast he was in earnest and went through life with tremendous energy and big things in view as though he had the reputation of his whole race to uphold and to watch him fighting against odds was to understand why he was terrible in his relations with smoke he was always absurdly gentle also he was fatherly and at the same time betrayed a certain diffidence or shyness he recognized that smoke called for strong yet respectful management the cat's circuitous methods puzzled him and his elaborate pretenses perhaps shocked the dog's liking for direct undisguised action yet while he failed to comprehend these torturous feline mysteries he was never contemptuous or condescending and he presided over the safety of his furry black friend somewhat as a father loving but intuitive might superintend the vagaries of a wayward and talented child and in return smoke rewarded him with exhibitions of fascinating and audacious mischief and these brief descriptions of their characters are necessary for the proper understanding of what subsequently took place with smoke sleeping in the folds of his fur coat and the collie lying watchful on the seat opposite john silence went down in his motor after dinner on the night of november fifteenth and the fog was so dense that they were obliged to travel at quarter speed the entire way it was after ten o'clock when he dismissed the motor and entered the dingy little house with the latch-key provided by pender he found the hall gas turned low and a fire in the study books and food had also been placed ready by the servant according to instructions coils of fog rushed in after him through the open door and filled the hall and passage with its cold discomfort the first thing dr silence did was to lock up smoke in the study with a saucer of milk before the fire and then make a search of the house with flame the dog ran cheerfully behind him all the way while he tried the doors of the other rooms to make sure they were locked he nosed about into corners and made little excursion on his own account his manner was expectant he knew there must be something unusual about the proceeding because it was contrary to the habits of his whole life not to be asleep at this hour on the mat in front of the fire he kept looking up into his master's face as door after door was tried with an expression of intelligent sympathy but at the same time a certain air of disapproval yet everything his master did was good in his eyes and he betrayed as little impatience as possible with all this unnecessary journeying to and fro if the doctor was pleased to play this sort of game at such an hour of the night it was surely not for him to object so he played it too and was very busy and earnest about it into the bargain after an uneventful search they came down again to the study and here dr silence discovered smoke 
washing his face calmly in front of the fire. The saucer of milk was licked dry and clean. The preliminary examination that cats always make in new surroundings had evidently been satisfactorily concluded. He drew an armchair up to the fire, stirred the coals into a blaze, arranged the table and lamp to his satisfaction for reading, and then prepared surreptitiously to watch the animals. He wished to observe them carefully without their being aware of it. Now, in spite of their respective ages, it was the regular custom of these two to play together every night before sleep. Smoke always made the advances, beginning with grave impotence to pat the dog's tail, and Flame played cubiously with condescension. It was his duty rather than pleasure. He was glad when it was over, and sometimes he was very determined and refused to play at all, and this night was one of the occasions on which he was firm. The doctor, looking cautiously over the top of his book, watched the cat begin the performance. It started by gazing with an innocent expression at the dog where he lay, with nose on paws and eyes wide open in the middle of the floor. Then it got up, and made as though it meant to walk to the door, going deliberately and very softly. Flame's eyes followed it until it was beyond the range of sight, and then the cat turned sharply and began patting his tail tentatively with one paw. The tail moved slightly in reply, and Smoke changed paws and tapped it again. The dog, however, did not rise to play as was his wont, and the cat fell to parting it briskly with both paws. Flame still lay motionless. This puzzled and bored the cat, and it went round and stared hard into its friend's face to see what was the matter. Perhaps some inarticulate message flashed from the dog's eyes into its own little brain, making it understand that the program for the night had better not begin with play. Perhaps it only realized that its friend was immovable, but, whatever the reason, its usual persistence thenceforward deserted it, and it made no further attempts at persuasion. Smoke yielded at once to the dog's mood. It sat down where it was and began to wash. But the washing, the doctor noted, was by no means its real purpose. It only used it to mask something else. It stopped at the most busy and furious moments and began to stare about the room. Its thoughts wandered absurdly. It peered intently at the curtains, at the shadowy corners, at empty space above, leaving its body in curiously awkward positions for whole minutes together. Then it turned sharply and stared with a sudden signal of intelligence at the dog, and Flame at once rose somewhat stiffly to his feet and began to wander aimlessly and restlessly to and fro about the floor. Smoke followed him, patting quietly at his heels. Between them, they made what seemed to be a deliberate search of the room. And here, as he watched them, noting carefully every detail of the performance over the top of his book, yet making no effort to interfere. It seemed to the doctor that the first beginnings of a faint distress betrayed themselves in the collie, and in the cat the stirrings of a vague excitement. He observed them closely. The fog was thick in the air, and the tobacco smoke from his pipe added to its density. The furniture at the far end stood mistily, and where the shadows congregated in hanging clouds under the ceiling, it was difficult to see clearly at all. The lamplight only reached to a level of five feet from the floor, above which came layers of comparative darkness, so that the room appeared twice as lofty as it actually was, by means of the lamp and the fire. However, the carpet was everywhere clearly visible. The animals made their silent tour of the floor, sometimes the dog leading, sometimes the cat, occasionally they looked at one another as though exchanging signals and once or twice in spite of the limited space he lost sight of one or the other among the fog and the shadows their curiosity it appeared to him was something more than the excitement lurking in the unknown territory of a strange room 
yet so far it was impossible to test this and he purposely kept his mind quietly receptive lest the smallest mental excitement on his part should communicate itself to the animals and thus destroy the value of their independent behavior they made a very thorough journey leaving no piece of furniture unexamined or unsmelt flame led the way walking slowly with lowered head and smoke followed demurely at his heels making a transparent pretense of not being interested yet missing nothing and at length they returned the old collie first and came to rest on the mat before the fire flame rested his muzzle on his master's knee smiling beatifically while he patted the yellow head and spoke his name and smoke coming a little later pretending he came by chance looked from the empty saucer to his face lapped up the milk when it was given him to the last drop and then sprang upon his knees and curled round for the sleep it had fully earned and intended to enjoy silence descended upon the room only the breathing of the dog upon the mat came through the deep stillness like the pulse of time marking the minutes and the steady drip drip of the fog outside upon the window ledges dismally testified to the inclemency of the night beyond and the soft crashings of the coals as the fire settled down into the grate became less and less audible as the fire sank and the flames resigned their fierceness it was now well after eleven o'clock and dr silence devoted himself again to his book he read the words on the printed page and took in their meaning superficially yet without starting into life the correlations of thought and suggestions that should accompany interesting reading underneath all the while his mental energies were absorbed in watching listening waiting for what might come he was not over sanguine himself yet he did not wish to be taken by surprise moreover the animals his sensitive barometers had incontinently gone to sleep after reading a dozen pages however he realized that his mind was really occupied in reviewing the features of pender's extraordinary story and that it was no longer necessary to steady his imagination by studying the dull paragraphs detailed in the pages before him he laid down the book accordingly and allowed his thoughts to dwell upon the features of the case speculations as to the meaning however he rigorously suppressed knowing that such thoughts would act upon his imagination like wind upon the glowing embers of a fire as the night wore on the silence grew deeper and deeper and only at rare intervals he heard the sound of wheels on the main road a hundred yards away where the horses went at a walking pace owing to the density of the fog the echo of pedestrian footsteps no longer reached him the clamour of occasional voices no longer came down the side street the night muffled by fog shrouded by veils of ultimate mystery hung about the haunted villa like a doom nothing in the house stirred stillness in a thick blanket lay over the upper stories only the mist in the room grew more dense he thought and the damp cold more penetrating certainly from time to time he shivered the collie now deep in slumber moved occasionally grunted sighed or twitched his legs in dreams smoke lay on his knees a pool of warm black fur only the closest observation detecting the movement of his sleek sides it was difficult to distinguish exactly where his head and body joined in that circle of glistening hair only a black satin nose and a tiny tip of pink tongue betrayed the secret dr silence watched him and felt comfortable the collie's breathing was soothing the fire was well built and would burn for another two hours without attention he was not conscious of the least nervousness he particularly wished to remain in his ordinary and normal state of mind and to force nothing if sleep came naturally he would let it come and even welcome it the coldness of the room when the fire died down later would be sure to wake him again and it would then be time enough to carry these sleeping barometers up to bed 
From various psychic premonitions, he knew quite well that the night would not pass without adventure, but he did not wish to force its arrival, and he wished to remain normal, and let the animals remain normal, so that, when it came, it would be unattended by excitement, or by any straining of the attention. Many experiments had made him wise, and, for the rest, he had no fear. Accordingly, after a time, he did fall asleep, as he had expected, and the last thing he remembered before oblivion slipped up over his eyes like soft wool was the picture of flame stretching all four legs at once and sighing noisily as he sought a more comfortable position for his paws and muzzle upon the mat end of case one part four recording by draconis the real basement dwellers podcast wheelwork for money dot net